Hi, you guys want some cookies? 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 Welcome to the new garage. Welcome to another edition of the Throwback Podcast. My name is Dan Hansis, and I'm joined, as I always am, by my bosom buddy, Bobby Castro. Hey, bub. Oh, baby, we're back. We're back. Oh, yeah. In the new garage, and you, the umlaut lot. And uh, it's good to be back, buddy. Yes. Good to see you. You've been away. I have. I was out of town. I was... At the um, memorial celebration of Chris Wessling over on Tybee Island, um, about middle of last month, and that was wonderful for so many reasons. And then from there, the wife and I and our two boys went up to New Jersey and spent a New Jersey and spent a lot of time up there. You know, Are you okay? Wait, up. what happened? What happened? Did you get something in your throat? Catching up with things were uh, up there in New Jersey. Do I need to come give you the Heimlich? What? What is that? That that's my Bruce Springsteen. Oh, what? right, right, Bruce. Got it. I gotta go up to New Jersey and see my family. That sounded like the situation. <laughs> I go to New Jersey and I, I see things. Things are familiar, but <laughs> they're also a lot different. You know what I mean? <laughs> New Jersey—it's—it's it's a place. It's—it's uh, it's Groundhog Day in a lot of ways, but also, <laughs> I don't feel like I belong anymore. <laughs> I don't want you to take this the wrong way, and I feel like you might. But <coughs> oh my God, it's over! <laughs> I feel like your family—you're more Bon Jovi, New Jersey, than you are Bruce Springsteen. <gasps> Dare. I don't. I don't actually mean that. I just said that to get you upset. <laughs> of course, you're you're Springsteen, New Jersey. Come on. I don't understand. It's like <laughs> nobody even talks to him anymore. That's the from the behind the music when uh. Seen a song for the broken hearted. <laughs> That's the uh, behind the music because I and and as you as well, Bob, have seen every behind the music forty seven times. Of course, it came out. Between 1997 and 2001, let's say. And in the Bon Jovi Behind the Music, which is just a ridiculous document, which I wish I could see again. Document. In fact, I probably could because I think my Uncle John and I used to quote it so much that for Christmas one year, he got like a bootleg copy and sent it to me. (laughs) Um, But they, Bon Jovi, first first thing he says, they're trying to like mythologize themselves, treat them as if they are the E Street Band. Right. when really it's like it's Bon Jovi. He was a good-looking guy, had a bunch of big hits in the '80s and early '90s, and then that was kind of it. That was it. But uh, he views himself as a legend. Great actor, amazing actor. Um, he did that one movie where he was painting houses. I remember. That's it. Um, yeah. And so much did they attempt to mythologize themselves. They actively campaigned to get into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, <laughs> and they they succeeded and were inducted a couple of years ago, which is quite an indictment. Uh, on that uh, on that place. But I want to say that um, in the Behind the Music, Alec Van Such, see, I remember all the guys' names because I saw it so many times, oh was the bass player they fired. And uh, and Alex Van Such was like, they showed like a uh, magazine, and it was like, John and Richie say my bass playing sucks, was the headline. It was like Guitar World. Oh, wow. And then uh, Bon Jovi's very like, because you know he's an assassin behind the scenes. You know, mm-hmm. in a wolf in sheep's clothing. But on this, he's like, yeah, it's such a bummer. It's like nobody even talks to him anymore. 
Oh, wow. And then uh, Bon Jovi has another great line. He goes, yeah, this band's like the mafia. Once you get in, there's no getting out. Then the cut to the present time, Richie Sambora. Everybody's out. Nobody's Alex in. Van Such is out. This guy's out. It's just him and the guy with the um, curly afro that played keyboards. It's still there, I think. What I love about Bon Jovi is his solo work when he would write shit that even Bon Jovi didn't want to do. So he had to release it as John Bon Jovi. Right. So it would just be a song that like Richie Sambora is like, there's no way I'm playing Midnight in Chelsea, dude. And he's like, fine, I'll do it myself. It's nobody even talks to him anymore. <laughs> Should we just do Bon Jovi right now? <laughs> I mean, I know but we had it. We came in to, here with a plan. But, but back to who I really am. Yes, of course. It's good to go back to my hometown. I took took the boys and I put them on my knee and I drove through uh, down Central Avenue, Bob. <laughs> oh, Central Ave. <laughs> and I uh, and I looked around and it was a town that uh, was different than it used to be. <laughs> The same too. Running with in my hand. The bus stop to pick up a paper from my And I went to the beach. I like that I, I asked you even before we started this episode, like, how was your trip to New York? And I feel like you went right into Bruce Springsteen. Like, I can't get a straight answer. It's really nice. It was really nice to be back in my hometown. It was good, though. It good. Was, uh, well, I don't even remember what you asked anymore. No clue. No idea, but uh, I'm glad you're back. I was in New Jersey, and New Jersey's great, and I listened to a lot of uh, WRAT, the rat, down at the shore. Oh, but nice. there's a new station, Bob, that that if you ever find yourself in that region, that is right up our alley, and it's um, 107.1. Mm-hmm. Wait for it. The Boss. <laughs> Hey, remember how Q104 used to do? That's the classic rock station in New York, which is still playing the same shit, by the way. Right. If you go to Q104, 104.3, if you live in the New York, New Jersey area, you put that fucking station on, and I guarantee you the Who is on. (laughs) It's always the beginning of Baba O'Reilly. It is always the beginning. And then you absolutely uh, hear, and I actually try, I I counted this down at... um, on the way from the airport. I said to my dad, I said, okay, the who's on before we get back to the house, we're going to hear the Beatles. Mm-hmm. We're going to pink Floyd. We're going to hear Billy Joel. And we're going to hear Bruce Springsteen. And I think I got three out of the four. You ran, you ran the table. Almost, almost. almost. So yes, everything's kind of the same, but 107.1, the boss is the station. If you're in, if you're near the Jersey, and does shore. Bruce get a cut of that? You would think? Does little Stevie have his fingers in there somewhere? It's cute what you did and everything, and I really, uh, <laughs> I respect what you've done here, but I, I gotta get a taste. <laughs> I mean, right now there's a lot of people in Louisiana being like, enough with the New Jersey talk. This is a better than Ezra podcast. <laughs> what a transition. Let's talk about our boys. What's going on over here? Enough with the Northeast. Do Bullshit. you think that exists, by the way? <laughs> it has to exist, right? That has to be out like, there. Like a hardcore contingent of Better Than Ezra fans in New Orleans? Oh, I think they're all, they're all over the world because Better Than Ezra won a Patreon poll, Dan, on patreon.com slash throwbackpod way back in October. Well, let's let's back up the truck here, though, because I do. I like Better Than Ezra. I know you like Better Than Ezra. Um, I think we both have multiple albums by them, maybe the two same two albums, including the one we're going to talk tonight 
friction comma baby is there mm-hmm. a comma i believe there is but we'll check on that um i would like to know in fact i need to know for the integrity of this show who we stack the deck <laughs> with to achieve better than ezra winning a poll in 2021 like and this is all due respect to tall curly that's his actual name tall curly <laughs> I thought you were talking about a, a long pube. No, it's it's, okay. it's actually T-A-W-L Curly is oh, his actually, name. That sounds very New Orleans. And yeah. uh, and his gang of misfits in Better Than Ezra, um, rock misfits. Who were, who were they up against on this poll? Because I really struggle to imagine the BTE heads came in to, to vote this into tonight's episode. U2, Nirvana, and Pearl Jam. No, it was... <laughs> Well, the, the concept of the poll was like, look, we did a uh, live. We've done the Goo Goo Dolls and Matchbox 20. Who's next? Here are your four choices. The Gin Blossoms, the Lemonheads, Better Than Ezra, and Collective Soul. Oh, okay. <laughs> Does it make a little more sense now? Uh, you know what? And again, I like Better Than Ezra. I have friends who are Better Than Ezra fans. Um, you do? I do. I have multiple friends that like Better Than Ezra. My old boss in NFL, Justin Hathaway, who's an every show listener. Shout out, Justin. Isn't that Huge the name of isn't, isn't that the lead singer of the band? Isn't his name no, Justin Hathaway? Curly. <laughs> okay. And um, I forgot my point, but what were we talking about? That you're, I think you were going to say you're surprised that they beat the no, Jim Blossoms. No, oh, yeah, yeah. Jim Blossoms. Yeah, me too. It was by like a vote. It was a very close Your vote. <laughs> my vote. Sometimes I forget who to vote for. Um, yeah. Uh, BGE pulled in 37%. Jim Blossoms pulled in 35%. Lemonheads and Collective Soul brought up the rear at 15 I mean, what are Lemonheads doing there? 13%. I like the Lemonheads. I know, but come on. They're most <laughs> famous for a cover, and the guy may be banging Courtney Love and leading to Kurt Cobain killing himself. That's he, what they're most famous for. He definitely banged her. He's very hot, Evan Dando. He's a hottie. A heroin hottie. Oh, a classic heroin hottie. Classic heroin hottie. And, uh, you know, someday, Dan, when we're doing this in 2031, we'll get around to doing Come On, Feel the Lemonheads. No. Come on. I draw the line. In 2031? Can't do it. What are you doing in 2031 that's more exciting than listening to a Lemonheads album from 1996? If we're still doing this in 2031, I will be doing something, Bob. It is jumping off a bridge. (laughs) (laughs) I can't do it. More importantly, Bob. What's happening? What is happening? This is an NBC I don't know News is happening, Dan. report. Here's Brian Williams. All right, Brian Williams ain't coming because he doesn't have integrity, Bob. That man lied about being shot down in a helicopter. Okay, but what does that have to do with anything? Brian Williams will have nothing to do with this podcast. Wait, who even brought up Brian Williams in the first place? The the narrator, the narrator. Said Brian Williams. Here's Brian Williams. Brian Williams isn't coming on the show. That's the breaking news. I'm so confused You should what's be. happening right now. No. Here's the breaking news. Fucking Brian Williams. My God. You can tell the truth. Concussion. <laughs> Jesus. Here's the breaking news. I have taken advantage. Because for we've had a, a, a jihad going on here. On this podcast, uh, since the day it started, about um, the streaming service of choice. Yeah, yeah, of course. 
And I want to say that I have signed up for Spotify on a three-month free trial. Mm, yes. And I'm going to tell you something, Bob. Yes. Let me tell you something. You know why I did it? Because at a certain point... Oh, my God. Don't, the first comment, by the way, <laughs> underneath this special... NBC breaking news theme on YouTube is, rest in peace, Kobe Bryant. It's not even a report on Kobe Bryant. It's not like <laughs> this is the YouTube clip of Kobe Bryant's tragic demise in a helicopter. It's just somebody heard this and said, rest in peace, Kobe. But it's from... 2006. <gasps> bum, bum, bum. Breaking news part two. Um, yeah, it, there, there's a uh, promotion that your company is running. And I My decided company. I wish instead of this holy war and the problem with the holy war is no one ever looks at it from the other side. Right. They only believe there's only one true God. Mm-hmm. And that is the God is the one that loves me and my people. And th- that is why there's so much war in the world, Bob. Now you bring in someone like me who says, okay, I can continue to be that way. And my God is Apple Music and Spotify is not a God and it must be crushed for attempting to be one. But no, Bob, what I have done, I've gone over to the other side to see what's going on. I, I'm, I pop the hood. Yep. And uh, I'm, che- I'm taking a look at the engine. I knew it was only a matter of time before you played the bigger man angle in the story. <laughs> I knew that that was where you were ultimately going to go. Spit out my <laughs> Tapo Chico. Um, but you know, we'll take you any way that we can get you. <laughs> Us uh, over here at Spotify, we're very happy that you're part of the team. I you, am not a part of the team. I am you, not oh, a paying customer until I'm a paying customer. You will be. You will be. It's great to have you, though. Um, Did you know that Apple Music recently hijacked the? IP that was originally what made title special, lossless audio, and uh, hey man, hey man, that's our property, <laughs> Rihanna. So bad. This is not the time for you, hey man, that's lossless audio, <laughs> hey man. <laughs> it gets worse every time, every time. Listen, Rihanna, Apple Music, it, it was not proprietary information. We had the opportunity to do this. And now we've taken the only thing that was special. Hey, man, it was really important to us that we had this over, you guys. So now that Apple has lossless audio, Bob, okay, it's an issue for Spotify because they need to get in the game and do what Apple has done, which is hijack Rihanna's shit. However, there are things I do like about Spotify, and I'll just leave it at there for now. Okay, good. Look, we'll, we'll check back in in a couple of months. We'll see where you're at, and we'll see if Spotify can get you to pony up $9.99 a month. But do you think, Bob, and by the way, even the, you're just doing a commercial for the company, by the way. Good. Hire me, Spotify. This is the I'm price. It's you. just for $9.99 a month. Maybe you should take what I've done. I'm not saying about this in particular and see how I operate and be like, you know what? I need to be that way in other realms. I got to be like Dan. Friction Baby came out on August 13th, 1996. Tell the people why we have to stay on, on uh, track today. Well, I have a meeting. I have a meeting. This not, is oh, there he is. Not only do you have a meeting, I have a softball game. Oh, and you have a softball game. Uh, I am filling in for, uh, I can't say the name of the team, uh, but I am filling in. I'm playing with a bunch of strangers. And I'm a little bit, as it gets closer, I'm thinking, why did I do this? My neighbor asked me to play. Mm-hmm. But um, that's going on. You have to be involved with some type of heavy-duty Zoom call for yeah. a television program you're working on. Correct, yeah. So Very so. rarely do we have something going on. 
no in our lives at all ever but i do see you're drinking and i, I, drinking I, I think i need to maybe I, connect with your i'm very unprofessional like i need to be it's like muscle memory like if i'm doing this podcast i need to be drinking it doesn't feel right to not be doing that well that's a sign of a problem bob it's like you know driving and not drinking like you need to do it remember when, you, when i quit drinking huh? for two weeks <laughs> i don't even think you made it two weeks Let's go back to, uh, let's stay on track and go back to 1996. Nine days. August 13th, 1996, Dan. Ah, yes, that was a good time. Summer when we were 16 years old. That was nice. I did. I drove by your house as well. I took a a photo of my sons in front of the house. I sent you back a uh, Bare Naked Ladies old apartment song. This old apartment? Yeah. This is where I used to live. That was it, though. I thought you'd follow up with something, but no follow. Tears. I just kind of. You're just done. I crumple down. You you don't. There's no reverse gears in your tank, right? You don't. You've never been back to Quake Lane and Pearl River. I drive back whenever I'm there. I drove back and I took a look at your house, and you didn't even follow up with me on it. Well, let's do it right now. How did my old house look? (laughs) Fuck you. (laughs) Looked like fucking shit. (laughs) It's fucking dump. Oh (laughs) jeez. No, it looked good. It actually did look, it looked better, I think. They kind of redid it. Oh, they completely redid it. Yeah, that's why like, I don't feel attached no to disrespect. it in that way. You got Linda, Steve, mm. Grandma, they did a nice job with the property. I, mean, I just think it's taken a leap forward. That's sold the house 20 years ago. People had a lot of time to do some work on it. Don't make excuses. <laughs> <laughs> All right, what's up? Where are we at? <laughs> I mean, maybe if my dad didn't die, it would be... <laughs> Fine, Dan. Jeez, how do you have to? Why you go straight to that? You could have said the divorce. <laughs> August thirteenth, nineteen ninety-six. The same month, Dan. That's seventh heaven. When your mom, when your mom did say that you're, she was splitting up with your dad. You guys went straight to Disney World, right? We did. Yeah. Take me through. That. <laughs> <laughs> Let's save it for. Uh... Like what? That was, when we do something from a 1986 uh, album, we'll get into my parents' divorce. How about that? Because was 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 the Magic Kingdom all that magical <laughs> after that bombshell? My my big memory was when my mom was like, "We're gonna go. We're not going to school today. You can go wherever you want. Where do you want to go?" And I didn't. And I wanted to go to Disneyland, but I couldn't remember like Disney World. I couldn't remember the exact name of like Orlando. <laughs> so I like, I threw something out Weren't there. Weren't you like 16 or something? <laughs> it was like six. And the whole plane right there, I was like, fuck, I really hope I said the right place. Oh, wow. It was a lot of, a lot of pressure on me. And, and then, then you nailed it. And then guess what? What? Things got worse. <laughs> August 13th, 1996, the same month that seventh heaven. We'll get back to that later. Episode. And Arliss and Keenan and Kel came out. Oh, fuck Arliss. I knew you were gonna. I do that. like. I do like that Arliss really is only remembered as being terrible now. Yes, no, it is. I That's mean, the e- only thing it's really even known for. then. It was like the first HBO miss. People hated Arliss, but uh, it was on for like seven seasons. Dream On was pretty shitty. No, but people kind of liked it at the time. Do you remember what what the uh, as someone who works in the creation of uh, television, Bob, and film? And mm-hmm. catch flock of dudes. By the way, speaking of flock and dudes, flock of dudes. Nobody's speaking of flock of dudes, uh, which is available in New Zealand in physical form, but you can watch it on various streaming platforms, including Apple. I That's say. right. Yeah. Um, I watched Money Plane, starring Kelsey Grammer. No, you did. Yep. And? They stick a pin in that. <laughs> um, but Kelsey Grammer's film career 
if it if it was already laboring, it's over. Ah, and that's good news for you, Bo. I mean, I know you want to take a W victory lap around his soft body. <laughs> soft body, so soft, and it's a hard win for me. Yeah, I'll take it. I do want to see Money Plane though, just to really dance on his grave. Money Plane is actually one of the better bad movies I've seen in a long time. That's all I'll say. It's starring Christian, the uh, wrestler, and Kelsey Grammer plays the heavy. And he has um, one of the more insane names ever. But we're going to get to that. Let's keep moving. Speaking of bad movies, two came out that month. Tin Cup and one of the worst movies ever, The Fan. (laughs) All right. The Fan is awesome. We love The Fan. We love The Fan. (laughs) It ends in the most absurd way. Possible Wesley Snipes is like... He's basically Barry Bonds. He's playing on the Giants. Robert De Niro, a crazed fan. Knife salesman. Knife salesman, of course. <laughs> and it ends on the baseball field. It might even be the World Series. Um, it definitely is the World Series. And it's a monsoon. Rainstorm. But, huge. Like a monsoon. It's a hurricane. The players are still playing. They're playing through it. <laughs> as, uh, as one does in baseball. clearly the director was from Denmark or something. That's the only right. thing to explain why they. he would think that uh, people wouldn't be just completely caught up with, wait, why are they playing right shots, now? Shots fired at Denmark. Yeah, they uh, and the listeners who are not from here and don't watch baseball, if it starts raining, they pull the players off the field. Quickly. They put the tarp on the field. It's a rain delay. If it really comes down, <laughs> they, they, might even, they might even suspend play till another day. If it comes down like that, they might just say, the season's canceled. But they played through it, and I believe it ends with Wesley... Snipes in the box against Robert De Niro on the mound. And doesn't he throw a knife at him or something? Yep, he throws a knife at him. And Tin Cup wasn't that bad. No, the only thing I remember about Tin Cup was the ending, which is something that we refer to when we play golf and you can't hit a shot and you keep making the same mistake over and over again. That's (laughs) how I think the movie ends, but Kevin Costner is praised for being terrible at golf at the end. I don't know. It's been a long time. Yeah. Been a while. All right. Also in August, uh, MTV Two debuted on August second, nineteen ninety six. I just I put in, I I was on a six and a half hour flight from New York to LA yesterday, and I read the most pages I've ever read of a book in a single sitting. That's cool. The I want my MTV. Uh, oh yes, book, Rob Tynabom. Yes. Uh, and I read. 300 pages or something i've never read that much of any book well those oral Excellent. histories those oral histories too are so easy you to rip read. through them you just rip through it uh um, so good the one of my there are a lot of t- takeaways from the book but one thing that was really interesting people have been complaining forever about mtv no longer playing videos and they already started pivoting out of that in 1988 like it was already on the really? way out and the reason why is because the videos after the first five years of the network being around five or six years Got bad ratings. So all people that have complained for now is longer, like 30 way years. Way longer. Way longer than they actually had videos. That MTV doesn't have enough videos. It's because you bitches weren't watching them. That was, yeah. It's an old complaint. And if you're still making that observation, kill yourself. And the, Well, okay. And I will. the only other thing I'll say is this book, I'm wrapping up, wrapping up now, it was written about 10 years ago. I would love an addendum where they just talk about the fact that literally... MTV in the present day is 24 hours straight of Rob Dierjik's ridiculousness. Yeah. You look at the schedule. Yeah. What the hell happened? <laughs> <laughs> you could write that book. <laughs> anyway. Number one song in the UK. 
MTV2 was pretty cool. Yeah, I remember when it came out. It was a big deal. And I remember the first video. And I, I held that information in my brain because I was like, this is going to be a nugget of information that people will want to right, know. Right, because the Buggles video killed the radio star, of course, is the first video played in 81. Yep. And let's see, is it something that's cute? It's supposed to be hitting on the nose. Not really. What is it? Beck's where it's at. All right. That plays in because they wanted to be more edgy. Yeah. An alternative. Okay. And the number one song? In the UK, when Better Than Ezra's Friction, comma, Baby came out was... <laughs> Yo, I'll tell you what I want, what I really, really want. So tell me what you want, what you really, really want. I'll tell you what I want, what I really, really want. So tell me what you want, what you really, really want. I wanna, I wanna, I wanna, I wanna, I wanna really, really, really wanna zig a zig. Ah, yes. I know we've told the story about dressing as the Spice Girls. Yes, of course. Senior year for Halloween, so you can't hold it against us for repeating it. And then after that, just for fun. Maybe, maybe if the audience is cool about things. And by cool about things, I mean never complaining about anything. Which you really don't. <laughs> they really don't. Um, and, you know, giving us something in return. Whether it's... Five stars on iTunes? Five stars on iTunes, a bunch of comments, money. Um, maybe we'll post a photo of the Spice Girls. If there's one thing I love about our Costume. audience is that they don't hold us accountable for anything. That is, I love it's that the about best. You guys. I love that about you guys. But I was Baby si- Spice. Bob was Scary. Not Scary Spice. Not Scary Spice. You were Ginger. Obviously. Who, Obviously, I was the hottest. Who was outrageous uh, in this video. I really like Ginger's whole look in this one. Oh, for sure. And... Uh, this was huge. Yeah. If you want to be my lover, you got to get with my friends. Make it last forever. Friendship never ends. If you want to be my lover, you have got to give. Taking is too easy, but that's the way All right. Sing it, Bob. Story from A to Z. You want to get with me, you better listen carefully. Uh, I'm rusty. Yeah, that part. I don't think I ever knew what that one was. That's for me. Ah, you'll see. Zika zika. Ah. Great song. Great. Great. Perfect. That's a great pop song. And so it was a good time. Good time to be alive during Spice Girl times. It was because you had that going on, and you had Brit Pop going on at the same time. That was a good job. And you England. had this way to go england fuck shots fired and you had this you're a gambling man jack not anymore once a gambling man always a gambling man let's go let's go you bet everything you had toss up a coin one side you your family live the life they always dreamed of the other side, you lose everything. You owed a lot of money to some very bad people. So I bought your debt. Now you're gonna have to repay me that debt. Can we just get to the job? What do you think so far? Pretty good setup. Pretty good setup. Pretty good. The guy that's playing it's not the like lead. You can just, it's not like you just repay the debt. The guy that plays the lead, it's unbelievable that he was cast in this. I was like, oh, it has to be one of those WWE movies. It's the only way he'd be the lead, this guy, Christian. No. There's a casting director or a director that said, this guy 
who offers the most wooden performance you've ever seen put to <laughs> celluloid, uh, was chosen as the lead. But Grammer chews up the scenery in a glorious way. So that was the setup. So stick a pin in that. There's a lot of pins that you're sticking. It's like 30 minutes into this episode. A lot to get to. So many pins for absolute shit. (laughs) (laughs) Shit pins. Shit pins. So without further ado, it is time for Friction. I thought it was Friction comma baby. Don't tell me it's not. It looks like it might just be Friction baby. Weird. And it starts out with one of the greatest songs of the 90s. heard it what a great song tall curly said it himself god <laughs> save the king of new orleans and what, this was what a song what a song and uh Gat stevens was the greatest singer i don't know what the song's about no idea <laughs> loved it from the first time we heard it we were all the way in and i would say king of new orleans and if this is not on the Throwback Podcast playlist after this episode, we, we sincerely fucked up and overthought the situation. <laughs> because I think this song, it was like, if you have, to, there's, there's a short list I think everyone has of songs that you heard, and the first time you heard it, you said, this is a huge hit, this is going to be a career-defining type song for someone, and then it just never really takes off the way you thought it would be. This song is that for me, oh, like that, in the 90s. That's like, most of my favorite bands or mus- musicians that's happened to throughout the years where you're like oh this is it this is the thing that's going to be the crossover the thing that's going to make it big and then it doesn't happen which and- is not to say this was a dud because it spent 17 weeks on the billboard modern rock charts chart peaking at number 562 on the billboard hot airplay chart it did exist it just wasn't a smash and it should have been right in a world of like dishwalla's counting blue cars you thought that this would be the next song that would be even bigger I mean, I just read the entire Wikipedia profile for the single. That's it. It tells that thing about reception, and then that's it. It was the lead single off Friction, Baby. I love this part. And it was, was it the first single off of it was. this album? Coming off of their debut album, which had two monster mid-90s alt 
hits. This was like the perfect next song to get you excited and just go out and buy the album. Like, I don't think I ever owned a CD version of their first album, Deluxe, but I got this CD immediately based on the first two, their first two songs. And now this, it was like, oh, here they come. This is going to be huge. Yes. Um, and it didn't play out that way. Nope. Um, and uh, I had to go onto a different website to get more information. Wait, wait. Breaking news. Do you have that ready to go? <laughs> that Some, has never happened before. Somewhere, uh, some site <laughs> other than Wikipedia. Uh, yeah. Uh, and it turns out this is about homeless kids who hung out in the French Quarter of the city of New Orleans, known as gutter punks. The kids were either typically either ignored or disparaged, which is explored in the song. Uh, that is from lead singer, quote-unquote, Kevin Griffin, which, by the mm. way, sounds I like, think sounds like an alias. Tall Curly is a better name. <laughs> and maybe it's not too late to adopt a stage name. There's something too puby about it. I think Tall Curly, people might have a problem with it. We got a problem, by the way, Bob. We got a, we got a Spotify issue. I refuse to believe that. It is indeed, Bob. Friction, comma, baby. It is. And yet... Spotify omits the comma. Maybe you and have that's to. That's the type of sloppiness, Bob, that I should come to expect with Sweden's number one manufacturer of streaming music and podcasts. We have a problem, my friend. Um, it's friction comma baby for me. Maybe you just have to spend the $10 a month to get that comma. <laughs> that's bullshit. You don't have friction comma baby. No, I don't. <laughs> Awesome. All right. So we're <laughs> we're flying. And, you know, at this point, you're thinking to yourself, whoa, we have a monster album on our hands. And we don't. <laughs> <laughs> we don't. But it's, it's a very, very solid, strong alternative rock album uh, released, as we know, in 1996, right before things started to change and not necessarily for the better. To me, this is one of the, uh, for, I think, and we've talked about it on the show, like 94... Even go, hmm, I'd go 93, 92 even. Let's say 93 to 96. Okay. Kind of like the golden era of alternative rock. And uh, this is near the end. I feel like this is one of the last uh, great albums of that era. Or very good. <laughs> very now, good. King of New Orleans. Mwah. This next track is my favorite Better Than Ezra track that many people don't know. I love it. I fucking love this one. Oh, yeah, this one. And this I can tell exactly what it's about because it's right there on the surface. Let's listen to it. About making a mixtape for the girl I you love. I forgot about this song. In my car, we are. Songs about making mixtapes. Put it right there next to songs about answering machines. 
songs about phone booths. Just the whole thing. Whole thing that only we understand, Dan. Exactly 1980. Exactly 1980. Exactly. No, we, we are not the only people that were making mixtapes uh, in the 90s. But I will say, um, and this is totally lost to time, what made the mixtape so special is that it was actually a physical labor of love. Yeah. Between having to, to set up the tape, uh, to splice together the songs, that you would actually sit through the song, hit pause, begin the next song. And then you would have to do the art of the tape, and you would. Yeah, that, that was a whole other thing. A whole Bob. other thing, and I'm not a very artistic guy. Like I'm not, I'm pretty pretty basic when it comes to my drawing abilities. My, <laughs> my handwriting is terrible, so that was really really stressful to like make it look decent. Great. What a great hook this song has. Anyway, but that was because you really put yourself out there if you p- took a lot of time for the, the tape itself, the um, the cover of it. Yeah. Cosmetically, you kind of put yourself out there because once you hand it over and you kind of go all out on it, you're basically saying, I'm not just doing this for anybody. A lot of pressure. And yeah. if it's not received well... Well, you're a big fucking loser. (laughs) As I many times was. Great song. Great song, Bob. Great song. Two for two. It's funny that, you know, like, I don't think either of us have a strong opinion or feeling about Better Than Ezra one way or the other. The way that something like Matchbox 20 at the time really got under our skin. Mm. Only for us to years later discover it that they put out like the best album of ever. all time ever. There's never been a better album than, uh, you know, that one album. I think we wanted to like better than Ezra cause they fit into like our way. People might think we're serious if they're new to the show. And we are, we are go listen to the, go listen to our episode about matchbox 20. Go check it out. <laughs> it lives on the internet and then tell us we're wrong. But I think we wanted to like them. We liked them when it didn't really pan out the way that we had kind of hoped. We didn't put all of our chips in the better than Ezra pile. So when it didn't really pan out, we're like, oh, that's fine. And then we never thought about them again, Mm. which is weird. It's a little weird, but I guess that's, you know, you can't be emotionally invested in every single band that comes your way or you'll go insane. (laughs) Is that true? I guess. I I guess maybe our lives would have been different if we kind of opened up our minds and tried to become obsessed with every single band. (laughs) But the risk of going insane. It's not worth it to me. To be honest, not worth it. All right, here is uh, track three on Friction Comma Baby. So after these two, track three, prime slot. Let's see what they got. There we go. Long Lost.
comes the U2 chorus. Oh, yeah. <laughs> wow, that is so U2. <laughs> It's funny, too, because this was like at the height of U2's experimental phase I mean, where they didn't really make songs like this at the time. So I was like, all right, I'll take it from Tall Curly. He just went full <laughs> lemon on that. <laughs> I wasn't expecting that. Um, I like this song for, I guess, for reasons that should be obvious now if you listen to this podcast. But uh, it's hard to live up to those first two tracks. Well, the beginning of this song and this part right here, I just like put myself in a Better Than Ezra concert where the band is really feeling it. Mm-hmm. Like you just tell like, he's like feeling it in these moments and he's like emoting and the audience is kind of like, uh, you guys, you guys good. Like it's where, yeah, it's where there's that disconnect of like the band really getting into it and the audience not being equal. You know what? But then when it goes into the lemon part, that's a totally I don't different. Know though, Bob, I think let's listen to this, the bridge into the chorus again. I got a feeling this might be a fan favorite. Oh, interesting. Like one of those, you know, under the radar ones. Like, this is the one where, like, he starts playing it and all the girls go, ah! <laughs> then all the guys are like, they give themselves, like, knowing looks because they're not here for good. They're not here for in the blood. They're here for... They're here for long friends. lost. <laughs> anyway, I, I think it's... it's I, I bet if we got a real... I'm going to text my better than Ezra friend right now. Oh, Justin good. Hathaway. Okay. No, it's a way more interesting th- song than I thought it was going to be when it started. Yeah. And it's not just the um, falsetto, too. It's There's some edge guitar in there, too. They're, they're really going for it on this. And I mean, I listened to this album a bunch when I had it back in the day, but I haven't listened to it in 23 years. So. There it is. Long lost. Long lost, I think it is. I'm just happy knowing we're going to make it through this whole episode without one of us asking, so who is Ezra? Better than Ezra. Who's that? Imagine being Ezra. That was my next topic of oh, conversation. Sorry. On the show. Sorry. That is the MTV doesn't play music videos <laughs> kind of joke of this band where it's like, shut up with it already. Who is it though? Since you we it get it. Who is Ezra? Doesn't matter. It does. It certainly does matter. I mean, it's a very uh, unusual, unique band name. It's so 90s. It's so Ben Folds 5, but there's three of them. Hootie and the Blowfish. Right. What's a wet sprocket? It's all of that. It just fits oh, perfectly. Porto, the wet sprocket, MTV wouldn't play them, but I know. That, remember that you was, telling me about that. Was that was my big takeaway from that entire book. That MTV hated Toad the Wet Sprocket. One guy, one specific guy just refused to play them. And because of that, they could not get airplay. And they had some bangers. They really did. In that early 90s era. All right, let me just... Justin, hey. Why don't you start a normal town while you text on your phone? Okay. Well, I'm not texting for my own, <laughs> you know... I don't know what you're doing Side there. joy. I don't I, know. I am texting as part of the program. You're but, probably uh, texting... Because Normal Town, I don't think, is a good song. It is a good idea. I'm balanced by you.
CIA. It sounds like the beginning of episode three of a WB show in 1999. They would have loved that. Yeah. Give me them residual. This is, but like Roswell, like not one of the good ones. Oh, Roswell. Yeah. Oh, well, that's tough. Yeah. But in the CIA, that's going to come up at some point in the song. That's all I can No, it happened already. In the oh, very I missed it? While you were texting, it happened. Damn it. Yeah, sorry about See, that. See, that's why you don't text. That's why pod. you don't text and pod. Don't text and pod. Uh, so yeah, this is um, Normal Town. So one thing that Spotify has, I don't know if Apple has it, uh, they started doing this play count where you can see how many plays every song gets individually. Right. So something like King of New Orleans has two and a half million plays. That's a pretty good, That I have to say that's a good feature at Spotify. Well, has. it's very interesting because you were saying how Long Lost might be a fan favorite. Well, that one has 121,000, whereas Normal Town has the same exact number as Rewind at 284,000. Yeah. Well, so I would think that that's in like that fan favorite zone. I would I would I mean, I'd be certain that Rewind has to be well received by the fan base. You would think, but I think Normal Town, I mean, if not they can go fuck themselves. Just going by the numbers, Normal Town and Rewind are right up there in terms of this album as being the most streamed after the singles. I had long lost him. Well, this is like Natalie Merchant all of a sudden. <laughs> had it kind of a... Merchant had some bangers in 95. <laughs> she that? did, yeah. Should we do Tiger Lily? Uh, yeah, and then just do all the... T- the I'd rather do her um, Unplugged. What the fuck is this? Is that a lute solo? Is that a recorder? Recorder solo? <laughs> my favorite... Um, my favorite nugget from Adam Scott was that he was so upset because Adam Scott is a very um, the actor is a very sensitive like uh, you could tell like everyone knew Adam Scott growing up right. like, and the type of music he liked and the kind of the personality type he said on that uh, YouTube podcast that when Tiger Lily came out by Natalie Merchant and got slammed by Rolling Stone uh-huh. he um, he wrote a letter to the editor of Rolling Stone uh, blasting them for making such a <laughs> heinous error in judgment. Wow. That's hilarious. I would love to find that. And, and he, I don't know, maybe he got tracked down because it's, you know, he's a celebrity, but uh, imagine. <laughs> um, here's scared, comma, are you? Well, good to see Spotify at least put a comma here. Care to know the uh, the story behind the album title, Bob? Sure, of course. The album's title comes from a television interview with Keith Richards of the Rolling Stones. We should probably do a Rolling Stones episode of this podcast. That's when we get sued. That's why we're avoiding it. We don't want to be like the Verve and just have all of our Patreon money going straight to the Rolling Stones. Well, that's true. Uh, when asked how he and Mick Jagger stayed together for so long... Richards took a long drag from his cigarette and said, Friction, baby. Oh, that's cool. Pretty good Keith Richards, by the way. 
I sounded a lot like your Bruce, but not too Friction, bad. baby. <laughs> Friction, baby. This may also be a reference to the fact that the band had replaced its original drummer, Carrie Bonacasey, between the recording of the previous album and this one. Bonacasey. This is one of my favorite songs on the album, by the way. But really? Yep. Let's uh, listen a little bit more to Scared, Are You. And that is true. You do need a little friction, comma, baby. I think marriages are like that, too. Mm-hmm. Need that. I disagree. sounds a lot like an album we did recently on the show the Benz. this does you're right this has a, a very uh, radio head in the 90s pre okay computer vibe to it i mean they're kind of emulating u2 and radiohead how come this isn't your favorite album <laughs> of all times maybe it's why i like all the songs um all right i really like that one okay so we're doing pretty good here with friction comma baby um towel curly uh, really brought his a game <laughs> towel <laughs> Well, it depends how you pronounce it. It is T-A-W-L. Uh, here is Return of the Postmoderns. It's a very 90s so song 90s. title. I think we came up with that exact same title when we were hanging out at Caffeine Jones in <laughs> New City. start with this one um, yeah, not great but again it reminds me of us at caffeine jones in new city in 1996 trying to learn how to drink coffee bringing my acoustic guitar that nobody knew how to play but we just thought that that's what we were supposed to do at this like cool coffee shop that had just opened up i think we were being postmodern. we i think we were we were being a little postmodern. because i think we were writing like weird al songs or something I yeah think we, we were, tried to write some type of we were being stupid losers sure. losers correct I, little did I know that it would be 24 more years until I had a cup of coffee. I was going to say, how's your coffee? Awesome. Uh, what a you're, ride. You're all in on coffee now. What a ride, Bob. Love it. Love it. I spent most of my time during Jersey um, drinking iced coffee, so a heat wave Oh, hit, yeah, of course. Hit the coast. Love me iced coffee. And that was a nice change yeah. of pace. And this morning, I got, I made me, I'm here alone at the house. The kids and the wife are in Texas, and... Uh, First thing I did when I woke up is I got a lot to do today. Get me a cup of Java. Welcome. Welcome to the club. I'm so happy. Finally. It does. It means a lot to you, doesn't it? It does. It does. Just like, I mean, this and you on Spotify, it's like, kind of fuck me. Well, your your recent revelation, I think it was on the podcast, but it might have just been in private conversation that you were starting to have a warming feeling toward you too. Right. I was going to say, you have to do something for me since I've done something for you with this coffee business. But if you're going to be tolerable to you too, I'm going to call it even. If we're, is, are we still, where are we at with that? Uh, 
the other day on my Sirius XM presets. There was an oh, no. there was an open slot. <laughs> Are you a bigger YouTube fan? I than saw me there now? was there was an open slot available, and uh, you did it. I put it on there. Put the YouTube channel on there. This is what a what a what an about face because I remember when they announced that channel, we <laughs> we got into one of those. Few, I always get these right uh, going back to movie releases and other forms of media. Yeah, you're good at this. And I said, and they said, oh, there's going to be a U2 station on Sirius. And you're like, oh, fuck them. Fuck U2. It's going to be a (laughs) two-week thing. I was like, no, Bob. Like, they're like one of the big bands, so they'll have their own station in perpetuity. But I was like, go fuck yourself, you piece of shit. It will never happen. That is what I said. (laughs) I still, since adding it to the presets, I haven't clicked on it. That's fine. But it's just, I feel like it's a win for you that I added it. That's fine. And that song is classic mid-album filler yes right in the middle of the album exactly where it belongs all right here is hung the moon if i have a criticism of Friction Comma Baby at this point is that I can't say that it has its own the band has its own type of sound here like it does sound like a lot of different things right but I don't necessarily hear better than Ezra maybe on the top top of the album King of New Orleans and to rewind but since then I feel like they've been just kind of jumping around with the sounds that were popular in this era mm-hmm. is that fair? I think, I think that's very fair yeah I think it's not kind of hooking you in as an album thus far. This sounds a little bit like live. Oh no, you're right. Not his voice, but just yeah, the, the guitars. Yeah. Which makes sense. This is like a year after Throwing Copper made live one of the biggest stands in alternative rock. Yeah. Yikes. This is very lively. <laughs> you're doing, by the way, you're on fire tonight. <laughs> With your with your comparisons. Whenever I don't drink, it's usually better podcasting. Your your comps got my are big just softball game coming up. Unbelievable. This is pretty good actually. Yeah, just imagine just imagine Ed snarling right there instead. Yeah. <laughs> Like secret Samadhi ad. This is very Samadhi. All right. By the way, I do have my text out to my better than Ezra pal. I have talked about it on the show, but I have to bring it up since this episode. When I worked at MLB.com, there was a bunch of dudes that I worked with in the bullpen. They were all about five years older than me. And they were Mondo Ezra heads. Ezraites. <laughs> I think they were called Ezraites. I think that's really what they were called. The fan base. And, um, yep, you're right. Better than Ezra always had a, a, a rock cruise that they would, they would sail out of New Orleans every summer. And they, and all the Better Than Ezra heads would get on the cruise and they'd go through the, I guess, the Gulf of Mexico, it would be. And everybody would fuck. Uh huh. And then, uh, Tal Curley would come back. Everybody and- would fuck to Normal Town. <laughs> And that was a thing that they did a lot of. I wonder if it still goes on. I don't know if the band's still together. Um, 
at Ezraelites on Twitter. Do you want to guess how many followers do they have? Is it an official account or just like a fan account? No, just a fan account. Or just a fan. Is it an account of... Does Ezra Light, a devoted fan of the band Better Than Ezra, at Ezra Lights? Hmm. I'm going to say it has 7,000. 18. Oh. 18. All right. 18. Eight. One eight? One eight. <laughs> oh, no. It's probably just some guy, but still. You, right. got, you got the Ezra Lights handle. Is, do you think there's a Better Than Ezra subreddit? Ooh, I don't think so. I'd be surprised if there was. All right. Let's, uh, while uh, we investigate that, here is the second single off Friction Baby, another, uh, to me, alternative rock uh, mega jam of the mid-90s. 90s. 90s. That you never call home Where they turned out your lights Those say you'll never know I remember running through the wet grass Falling a step behind Both of us never tired Desperately wanted When they pumped out your guts Filled you full of those pills You would never cry back Deserving all the chills It's such a good chorus. It's such a different song from the Smashing Pumpkins 1979, but it kind of does that same thing for me. Yeah. Where it's like such like a feel when it gets into that chorus and this mood of just like, just like that youthful running through the wet grass, like world that they're building here. I, I love it. It's yeah, it's very good. And it, I think it stands as probably, uh, well, if Good is their most well-known song, In the Blood probably after that. This, I think, might be maybe the third most popular Oh, song definitely, there's. yeah, for and sure. And it, it, I remember it getting played, it got, I think it was in the buzz bin, I remember, on uh, MTV back in the day. And it's it just, it's a great chorus. I'd say it's their best chorus, but that to me is still King of New Orleans, but this is... Oh, that was a flute that we heard earlier. That was some Jethro Tull shit. Anthony DeGrad on the clarinet and flute and the sax on this album. Um, I think it was a recorder. I refuse to accept that. <laughs> and going back to our new tool that I think we're going to start uh, employing here on the uh, pod, the Spotify play count. 
Desperately Wanting, Number Two After Good, In the Blood, a distant number five. Ah, interesting. Where's uh, King of New Orleans? Number six. Interesting. According to Kevin Griffin, quote-unquote, Tal Curley, we call him, Desperately Wanting is a song where someone is looking back on their childhood. Specifically, the song is about when I used to camp out with my friends the summer in the summer down in the south, and you'd stay up all night causing havoc, throwing rocks at passing yeah. cars, knocking over mailboxes, and vandalizing as yeah. red-blooded men are wont to do. You ever do that? You ever throw rocks at cars? All the time. I Still do. That. I did it. Still do. I did it, and we cracked a, a windshield once, me and Brian Brown. Oh, that's such a thing you and Brian Brown would have done. That's such a Brian Brown thing to do. This was a top 50 hit, Bob, on Billboard 100 charts. That's great. It reached number 48 on February 8th, 1997, and it also peaked at number 10 on the mainstream rock charts. Wow. So uh, a legit hit. It was a legit hit for them, and it deserved As, to be. Yeah, exactly. That's what I was going to say. But I said it first, and better than you would have said it. Better than Ezra said it. Nailed it. Um, I have an update on the Better Than Ezra subreddit. It's not great. It's not a good situation. (laughs) Um, Better Than Ezra, the name of the subreddit, it is, if you want to find it, it is slash Better Than Ezra. But the title of the subreddit is Better Than Ezra, semicolon, not just good. I, I like that. So they're saying it's more, they're more than the song good. Yes. It's not just a little that. self-conscious, uh, but in I think it's here. like, they're kind of, they're kind of messing around and this is about more than that. I like it. I like it. Uh, I'm sure there's how many people, how many users? I want you to, yes. Um, 1200. No, 66. Thousand. No, 66. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, they don't deserve that joke. They don't deserve that to be an ongoing thing. <laughs> well, listen, it's just facts. These are facts. <laughs> You're still life. <laughs> They're just facts. Bob. And the beauty of gray. <laughs> when are we doing throwing copper? By the way, it's time. Oh yeah. By All the way, these songs make me say, oh, yeah, because I forget that I did listen to this yeah. a lot when I had it. Uh, let's listen a little bit more. Ooh, I got a lot of information from my contact. Great. Love it. Nice. I'm all in. It's a little County Crowsy. I love it. I like it. This this uh, it's good when you mix things up. A little bit of a palate cleanser for an album, and this coming after their big hit. So kind of nice. Feels like they knew Desperately Wanting was something special, so they got this right after it. 
This song is still life, but uh, there is a very prominent rock critic who thought Friction, comma, Baby was still born, Bob. Mm. Mm. Would you like to hear from SDE in this case? Oh, I love it when this guy is fucking wrong, like always. Here's the review in full. On their second album, can Friction... You start, can you start what was while we do this? No. Come on. Can't. On their second album, Friction, comma, Baby, Better Than Ezra becomes a bit more ambitious than they were with their debut album, Deluxe. Lead singer Kevin Griffin's lyrics are more detailed and brooding, moving the band closer to its doom-laden post-grudge contemporaries. All right, so far, so good. Yeah, not bad. The problem is, Griffin doesn't have anything particularly original to say, nor does he have an original way to say it. Better Than Ezra were never particularly good with melody. Their breakthrough hit, Good, was catchy because of a vocal tick, not a melodic phrase. But Friction, Baby is almost completely devoid of hooks and melodies, which makes Griffin's gloomy lyrics even harder to stomach. In its favor, Better Than Ezra are developing a stronger, tighter group sound, but it's hard to ignore how thoroughly mediocre most of the music on this record actually is. Look, this troll incel. S-T-E! He has just got so much anger. Did you call S.T.E. a troll incel? I did. That he just lashes out at... This unvaccinated... <laughs> just lashing out... Sewer creature. At Tall Curly <laughs> and John McRae of Cake and all these people that were putting out good music in the 90s that don't deserve this kind of hostile bullshit from Steve. That was pretty hostile. That was way too hostile. That was a little bit over the top, I thought, because I think he was wrong about <laughs> there's some good melodies on this album. We just heard one. And I also think, uh, well, he is right about he doesn't have anything particularly original to say or an original way to say it. That's getting back to what we were saying. This sounds like a lot of other things. But, uh, you know, I thought he was a little strong. Put it that way. Here's WWOZ. But that's that's the job of the critic, Bob. You have to take a stand, and certain guys get in the crosshairs, and Towel Curly did. String of flowers, halo round your This one's for the ladies. And for Bob Castro, and I'm loving it. Ooh, listen to this. Yeah, there is something to be said for an STE can get on this band not being original, but they're not trying to be anything groundbreaking. Right. They, they are a... Middle of the road, straightforward rock alternative act, and they, 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 they're trying to hang some melodies together. Yeah, and like a fun college act that kind of succeeded, put together some songs with hooks that found their way on the radio, and what more do you want from them? Not everything is Kid A, Stephen Thomas, Erlewine. <laughs> I, I mean, almost always I will defend SDE to, to the end, but maybe lighten up a little bit, Francis. 
And now I will get to my better than Ezra insider, Justin Hathaway. Known as Hurricane in the newsroom, once upon a time. I asked, what song or songs are the under-the-radar fan favorites of BTE? He wrote, good question. He responded, good question. Remember those days. Rewind, Normaltown, ah. and WWOZ oh, always wow. seem to be requested. How about that? Makes sense. There's more to come, but I want to... That's a very nice song. There's kind of like a little Night Moves, Bob Seger in there. That's... I like that. I like when you just get out the acoustic guitar. Give me that. Might be a B three, bro. That might have been a B three. There was a B three in that. Could have been. Wow, they're doing it all. They're doing everything right. <clears throat> Here's a little, little more harmonica on this album, and then you know, gets bumped up to top. Here's tier. something that Bob is very familiar with uh, at various establishments in the Southland. Happy endings. Sundays huh? made for this. Sing bon Sixty dollars, please. <laughs> Is that a guy? That was definitely a guy. <laughs> hey, man, sixty dollars. It was a guy who was like, I was getting onto a train in 1949. Sixty dollars, please. Sixty dollars, please, for your knob job. Okay. So they've slowed it down here with WWOZ. And speaking of slowing it down, the next song is called Speeding Up to Slow Down, Dan. Here it is. And I feel like now's a good time to also say I've never gotten a happy ending at a establishment where I had to pay $60 exactly. <laughs> He's a man of integrity when it comes to exactly $60. <laughs> All right, here's speeding up to slow down. I will finish now. I will finish the text from Justin in just a moment. If they call you down, then if they call you down, then Like, I have to say this, Bob. First of all, this Justin, on a personal note, said, I like speeding up to slow down, but that's deep, deep, deep. Imagine this album came out in 96. If they played, if they did the thing that so many bands do now, we're going out on the road, 25th anniversary of Friction, Baby, we're mm-hmm. playing the Troubadour. This would be an amazing show for a couple of 42-year-old dads to be at next year. Oh, for sure. We're there, right? Like, we're going to the Better Than Ezra plays Friction Baby at the Troubadour concert, right? We would go to that. I mean, if they... Wait, would... why don't you don't sound too sold on it? Well, because I, I also want to hear them play good and... They do. The when they do those things... Then they do the other ones. They do right, the whole right. album and then they hit the... They hit the singles. Yeah. Oh, I would love it, for sure. It would be my first time seeing them live since Tower Records, Nanuet, 1995. That's right. Do you remember anything about... He was tall and curly. Oh, is that what you're going to ask? No. About my youth? No, I was going to say, like, did you, you know. What? Did I meet him backstage? Yeah, I was a 15-year-old <laughs> kid. You just do what the rock star tells you to do. 
I do like this. He's good. No, I like this. Um, they did one of those. I got to talk about that. They did one of those like Tower Record in stores. Yeah. They played good. I think they played in the blood. Maybe one other song. Then they broke down their equipment. I just stood there and waited until they were done. And I set, introduced myself and said hi. And they were very nice. And it was so exciting. Tall curly. Tall curly. Yeah. Wow. It was very exciting. Was the there like a scrum around them as they no, broke not, down? Not really. After they were done, they broke down. People got back to you know buying their. This is like the middle of Rockland County. Yeah. This is this is as suburban as it gets in a strip mall. Yeah. Um, there was a decent crowd. There was a decent crowd there, but after it was done, I think they signed some CDs, and then after that, they just kind of broke down. That's kind of weird. You you went you went to go to that, but you didn't actually have the CD. No, I didn't. Interesting. Yeah. I wonder if Tal knew that if he would have shaken your hand. Oh, he did shake my hand. And what? Then, what he's like? And then I gave him sixty bucks. Like high five, and then he went down low, and they pulled away too slow. Get the album, bitch. Get the fucking album. <laughs> I was like, it's like $14, dude. All right, that's good. I like it. That's the penultimate track, by the way, Bob. Speeding up to slow down. Let's speed this up, Dan. We got one song left to go, and then I have a meeting. That's right. And I will, um, you know, New Orleans is an area of the country steeped. French culture. The name of this track is Ache de Gaulle. That was perfect pronunciation. You nailed it. <laughs> nailed it. Did you know, according to Justin, Normal Town was on the American Werewolf in Paris soundtrack? Remember that? Terrible movie. But the song actually <laughs> is about the band's time in Boston. Ah. Who was the Amer- American Werewolf? I don't remember that movie. I don't really remember that one. That wasn't the one with uh, Benicio del Toro. No, that was Wolfman. How ridiculous. Ridiculous. Speaking of ridiculous, Dan, you know what's ridiculous? Our wonderful Patreonies at patreon.com slash throwback. Oh, that was good, pod. Bob. They're ridiculous for throwing in $2 a month, $6 a month for voting in polls. Very and good, And doing what they have to do to keep this podcast alive. Thank you to everybody who kicks in every month to allow us to do this. That is very nice of you guys. It's so we, nice of you guys, it. especially our top-tier Patreonies, Kleine and Mancy in Australia, Courtney and Wyatt. I know Courtney is a better-than-Ezra fan, so this has got to be... Really? This has got to be a monumental day in their household that we covered Friction, comma, Baby. I hope uh, not. And of course... I hope it's like, oh, that's cool. Uh, I'll, <laughs> I'll check that out in a few days or like a week from now. And of course, Bruno, the sponsor, who is just a matter of time before he realizes... That this Patreon money is still being deducted even, from his account. That guy doesn't even have access to a computer. So thank you guys for doing this. You're the best. If you're alive, that's awesome. He's... Remember Into the Wild? John the, Krakauer? Okay, yeah, yeah. He's just bones on a bus somewhere in the middle of uh, the forest. Spoiler alert. Come on. <laughs> and if he's not bones, I would say give us proof of life. I think maybe it's time for some Bruno proof of life. This is how you speak of our our longest running sponsor. You call him a pile of bones and you demand proof of life. What kind of what kind of human are you? Wait a second. That's showing I give a shit. You're all about the bottom line. You're like, it doesn't matter where he is right now as long as the sweet cheddar keeps rolling in. I've been just so you know, I've been putting a little aside every month so we can go visit him in Canada. So whenever you're ready. It's grave. Oh, come on. That's awful. <laughs> Thank you, No, Bruno. all I'm saying is, 
I would like to know wh- whether uh, Bruno is still connected to the internet, you're also, alive. You're, you're also setting a really high bar where if you're a top-tier Patreon, we will attend your funeral. <laughs> and I, look, I like... Li- these people deserve something special. It's like, especially if you're a hot babe. <laughs> no. It's like, no, they're dead. Hot babe funerals. <laughs> Are you a hot babe planning to die? <laughs> we'll be there. It's <laughs> off. I mean, we well, we can be. Hot babes do... Uh, Have hot babe friends? Yes. Who would be sad? Very sad. <laughs> Very vulnerable. Wait, is this the sequel to Wedding Crashers? <laughs> I think this is Wedding Crashers. <sighs> All right. Anyway... Thank you, everybody. Thank you to everybody. And now it's time, Bob, to pick a song. And I really think this one is easy. I well, mean, I mean, you set it up at the top of the show, even though we enjoyed Rewind and a few of these other ones and some of uh, your old boss's deeper cuts. I mean, there's that part of me. There's that indie part of me that wants to go mm. wants to go off the beaten path. Well, but, sp- speaking of my old boss, Hurricane, Justin Hathaway. Of course. He said the the deep cut that he loves the most... And what the hell, we're here, is off Deluxe. Oh, okay. It's called Porcelain. Let's listen to it. Sure. Hey, you've got a lot of nerve. Show your face round here. Hey, you've got a lot of nerve. Feels too deep. Give it a chance. Starting too deep. Well, I wish I could shake some sense in you and walk out the door. At some point, at some point, does it stop sucking? Well, it's funny. It shows your ignorance. A, B. It's not just it's a, his personal favorite. It's actually a all the Ezraites love this song. Justin writes, yelling porcelain at an Ezra show is like someone yelling for Freebird. Big fan favorite. Oh, nice. Eat it, <laughs> I mean, I don't quite get it either, but... <laughs> I mean, you would think we could use this time to play, like, good... Or something where if like there's a Zoomer out there that's never heard better than Ezra before that stumbled into our podcast by accident, we could introduce them to, you know, one of the one of the classic BTE songs. All right. My favorite is not good. It's in the blood. Yeah, it's good. This one I think of staying up late to watch Kennedy on Alternative Nation. I think of this song. Yeah. It's got. It's so. Uh, now you stay up late to watch Kennedy on Fox News. So like, not a lot. How about that? How about that? I mean, she would be the last person you. Would I ever know. Thought. It's weird. In the blood. Can you be so warm? Can you know what I feel? What is the way you move your head? Awesome. 
I feel like I owe all of the Ezra lights an apology. I just realized when this started, my headphones weren't plugged in right. Like mm-hmm. They were kind of off a little bit, so mm-hmm. porcelain sounded all weird. So I didn't get a good sense of what it oh, was. It, so it was fine. Okay. And but then I, as Bob mentioned... I will go back and give it a real listen at some point. And this does lead the way with almost 51 million spins on Spotify. It is good. Track two off Deluxe. The big single. Looking around the house. Hidden behind the window and the door. Searching for signs of life, but there's nobody home. Well, maybe I'm just too sure. It's that bass. It's all about the bass. Or maybe I'm just too I want to hear this vocal tick. SDE said it's not even an earworm, earworm melody. It's a tick. Wow. What are you talking about? I don't know. The guy's just got so many problems. He's just lashing out. And then the greatest song ever that they ever wrote. I really hope it's not extraordinary. This was kind of the end for them. This was definitely the end for them. This is fucking Everlast. This isn't Everlast. This is this is a bubblegum commercial. I got a little oh. bit of hope Like a soap on a rope Sweeter than sour Getting thinner by the hour Falling fast And I'm running out of gas Spot is Bobby Fisher Running on your sister <laughs> Still I couldn't get arrested Though I got more hooks than Madonna got looks oh. Just like that ACDC song Come on, baby, shake me all night long. All I wanna do is stay up early in the morning. And all I this was. I gotta hear the Bobby Fisher part. You just did. You sang over it. You yelled over it. No, it was wrong. It was wrong verse. This is like that late '90s citizen cope. Like all of that yeah. crap that would sound like this. All right, here it goes. So did they. They were trying. At the Stars, they were was, at the Stars was a great song off of uh, their 1998 album. How does your garden grow? I forgot about that. That was one. a sneaky good, better than Ezra song. I kind of forgot about that album. I mean, this so, is so did the world. This is the uh, the strings. You know, it's funny. Ninety eight was very tough. If you were a post grunge slash alternative act that broke in the mid nineties, right? Very difficult to find your footing. Ninety eight, ninety nine, two thousand. Yep. It's kind of a wrap for you. And by the way, you might think if you're a Better Than Ezra fan, it's really cool that we're listening to these other songs. Um, and it is, because we're kind of giving you a, a deeper dive on the band. But that also means we're never doing another Better Than Ezra. That's kind of what it means, yeah. It's good. I like yeah. that song. Look, maybe after we do every Lemonheads album and every Cracker album, we can come back around and do How Does Your Garden Grow? But not until then. You would do that over Deluxe? 
Oh, no, this is after we've done Deluxe. Oh, and then we do all the other, yeah. All right. Well, I think it's pretty easy um, to pick the song on the playlist, unless you want to overthink about it. Nope, not going to overthink it. All right, let's listen to it. Let's do Go what we do. Some of the baddest motherfuckers on the planet Oh, no, planet. we have no time for this. Action. Whatever you want to wager on, the money plane has you covered. You want we don't need this here. Fuck. I have to start it over because you're talking over with Kelsey. Some of the baddest motherfuckers on the planet are on that plane. I mean, All craving action. Listen. Whatever you want to wager on, the money plane has you covered. You want to bet on a dude? Fuck an alligator. Money plane. Who wants to bet on that? <laughs> Kelsey gets the last lap again. How, how do you bet on that? How do you bet on that? Dude, fucking an alligator. Money plane. Could that be the new opening of the show? An <laughs> Should plane. we retire, Chris? I mean, if anything... Could retire, Chris. Maybe that's the new beginning of every Whatever episode. Whatever you want to wager on, the money plane has you covered. You want to bet on a dude fucking an alligator? Money plane. <laughs> Indeed. We'll, we'll, we'll have a high-level meeting after this episode to discuss. After Chris Catan's recent actions, I feel like we have to talk about this. Is it too... Um, well, we'll talk about it. The, the F-bomb, he hits it so hard and beautifully. I know. It's kind of a tough way to go come into any podcast. It but. is. Maybe we'll we'll do it as an Easter egg at some point. All right. No, no. Obviously, the choice has to be, in my opinion, my humble opinion, one of the great um, albums, album, album openers of the 90s and uh, in general. Like I think it's like one of the great alternative rock songs of the era. Let's put it on our playlist on Let's Spotify. do it as soon as I... Fucking find it on the Spotify thing. It's not that hard. It's a little bit clunky. So easy. There it is. All right. King of New Orleans is the latest addition to the Throwback Podcast playlist, which you can find on Spotify. But still, the real playlist remains Apple Music. Is it close to being updated? Hey, man. Is Apple Music... You jacked my lossless audio, man. How far behind is Apple Music on the playlist? I would love to know. Uh, let's see. <laughs> <laughs> I do have Don't Go Away by Oasis. That was a while ago. That was the first one. So <laughs> That was the joke. All right. Uh, let's see. I am the Japan Droids. Okay, you're close. You're getting there. Gotcha. No, I mean, you're still not up to date, but you're getting there. All right, we'll be back in two weeks with another edition of Throwback Podcast. Please, please return. And um, thank you uh, to the Patronis and everybody else. Follow us on Twitter at ThrowbackPod, Instagram at ThrowbackPod. Give us five stars on iTunes. And ultimately, go fuck yourself. Got a ticket to a show. See and take a blow. Cat Stevens was the greatest singer